This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here are your hosts, Tom DeLong and Joshua Erickson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Hey Josh, how's it going over there? It's going great, man. That was, we got another exciting episode to share. Absolutely. Exciting episode for people to listen to, and and I I think it's going to be really encouraging for people. Absolutely. I totally started off on the wrong note. Like I assumed she was like from Kenya, but she's doing missions in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was just part of my poor assumptions from, you know, the the little bit I've seen on Instagram, but awesome stuff. Like really cool. Just how she, you know, got involved with missions and how that mm-hmm. has changed her heart and, and what she's been doing with that. So I thought, I thought it was a great conversation and, and definitely a great, great listen for anybody who is, uh, well, I mean, this podcast is great for anybody in their singleness, but you know, to... anyone at all, I you think yeah. be, this is a great episode for, because one thing that came to mind for me was we can get so caught up in our future and what's happening in a month from now, a year from now, uh, five years from now, where will I be if I, I make this decision? You know, how will it affect my life? And the Bible squashes all of that mm-hmm. with don't even worry about tomorrow. It squashes all yeah. of that with focus on today. You know, today has enough worries about, you know, of its own. And, you know, we kind of touch on this, on that in this episode, where if you really want to do what God's called you to do, you have to really do it little by little, because the big picture is going to be overwhelming. The The big decisions could be something that you might not make if you knew saw the whole picture. So that's definitely something that uh, stuck out to me was if we really want to, thrive in the life that God's called us to, we need to focus on the day, the moment, the the steps that God's, God's calling us to take, where where we are at and not where we think we will get to or, you know, kind of yeah. projecting things on our own lives. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of people listening that are, that are wondering like, okay, what, what should I do next? Like, what should I do with this? What should I do with my singleness? You know, what should I be seeking out right now? And I think she, she talked about that very well. Yeah. I agree. And she has, you know, her story really shows kind of that in detail on kind of what she walked out and, mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of the decision she made. So yeah, it was, I think it'd be really encouraging, um, to people who are kind of walking through similar, maybe how do I make a big decision or I want to do something different? How do I get there? What are the steps to take to, to kind of change the direction of my life if I'm not kind of happy where I'm at in the yeah. current situation? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and we'll bring in Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are y'all? Good, good. Great to have you. It's awesome having having someone from Kenya. I feel like that's like a total awesome wild card on the podcast. It's it's different. I love it. Well, I I love that I'm the first person from Kenya to be on. I think that's really exciting. Um, like yeah. You were talking about earlier about just the power of technology, like bringing people across oceans together. I think it's really cool that like we, we're having this conversation and it's nighttime for me, daytime for you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think technology is amazing that we're able to do something like this. Yeah, definitely. And so like you're, you're born and raised in Kenya. Is that right? No, I'm American born. Oh, you are American. Yes. Okay. I know earlier you mentioned about, uh, track and field, I think in, in high school or college. (laughs) Oh, in Michigan, man. So I'm like way off. I'm so way off with this. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to really just eat my words here. So, okay. Where in in Michigan? Uh, I grew up in the mid Michigan area by Lansing. Okay, like really I live in Grand. I live in Grand Rapids. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I went to a school in Holland. I went to Hope College. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's so cool. Now, are you in the in the missions field? Yes. Yeah, I work in missions. So I moved to Kenya last July from Houston, okay. actually. So I grew up in Michigan, like did all my school in Michigan, did undergrad in Michigan, moved to Houston for seven years, taught in a public school, taught high school French, and then last July... I moved to Kenya. So I've been here almost a year, which is crazy. Like, it just wow. does not feel like that. It feels like time has gone by so much faster. Um, but it's been a really good 10 months here, really stretching 10 months. Just have learned so much about myself and about God and about the Kenyan people. And it's just been an amazing experience so far. And I, like, never, ever, ever, I mean, literally never <laughs> thought I would do missions. It was not on my radar at all wow. until, like, three-ish years ago. So just the fact that I'm here to me is like still wild. But like now mm -hmm. that I'm here, I just really feel like more single people should consider it. And like okay. I wish somebody had told me maybe like earlier in my 20s that like going to the mission field is just such an incredible God honoring thing to do. Same as mm -hmm. being in the States or anywhere else. But I think that like doing missions, I think is something that more people should consider. Um, and it's not as scary, I guess, as I thought it was, um, as intimidating as I thought it was. And it's just been, like I said, an incredible experience so far. I've loved, I've loved a lot of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like getting out of your comfort zone is a muscle that has to be exercised. And so when, when you exercise that and do something that's just a little uncomfortable, you know, the things that seem so far out of mind feel much more feasible. You know, so you know, I tell someone who's like trying to get out of their comfort zone a little bit is like, you know, go go to New York City. You know, go there figure out the subway system, figure out how to get around, go see different places, just get out of your normal atmosphere and, and, you know, try something different, you know? And man, going to Kenya, like I, I've been only North America. I've done, you know, Mexico, Canada. Um, I haven't done Mexico, Mexico. It's like literally a resort, but, but yeah, I, I haven't gone that far out. The opportunity hasn't really presented itself or at least the timing hasn't worked out for, for myself. So I love that you were able to, to get out. You're in Kenya. How long are you going to be there? My commitment was for two years. So that'll take okay. me up until next July, July 2024. Awesome. And then what, what ministry are you with? I'm with Africa Inland Mission. Okay. Yeah. And um, I'm a teacher by trade. So like I mentioned earlier, um, I taught in a public school in Houston for seven years. And I'm teaching here um, at a school that is primarily for the children of missionaries. So missionaries um, with Africa Inland Mission, they send their, their missionaries to places all over Africa, but primarily to unreached people groups. Um, that's the big focus of, of Africa Inland Mission is reaching the unreached in Africa. Um, and That's so cool. a lot of my students' parents are working in people groups that have never heard the name of Jesus before. Some of them hmm. working in really remote areas, some of them working in undisclosed areas, and they send their kids to us. And so we teach them. Um, the kids live on, on campus, staff live on campus, so we all live together. So that's been a learning experience, um, living like in close proximity to my students and also my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And um, before I came, someone had described it to me as like, Imagine if your church community and your work community and like your friend group was like all one and you lived with those people. And that's, oh, wow. that's kind of what it's like here. That's pretty tight knit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very tight knit. And there's just like so many like layers and dynamics to it because like 
my coworker is my coworker, but also like the parent of a student in my class. And also we do Bible study together. And also we host this activity together. So there's just like so many different like layers and just different levels of interconnectedness here, which makes it really fun, but then can also make it really challenging when you get into conflict with someone. Yeah. It was yeah. hard. Yeah, but I enjoy it. It's been really good. It's been really stretching. And I think that living with students especially has been really great. And I think just one way that I've learned to to really minister to the kids is to invite them over to my house, which felt so weird in the beginning. Like as a public school, <laughs> former public school teacher, like having kids at my house. But I mean, that's like the absolute like worst thing you can do right in the U.S. is like get to have kids over after school or like getting to know them or like going on walks with them. Yeah. But like here, because the kids don't live with their parents and because mm. we're the ones that are discipling and teaching them, um, relationships mm. with students are really encouraged. Um, and it's just a way yeah. to love on them and just to give them like a, a feeling of home when they're away from home. And so like this past week, I had I had one of my classes over for breakfast. I had my AP French class over. They took their oh, AP cool. test last week. So I had them over for breakfast and we celebrated and it was great. And we had our first period class at my house. And like, we can just do things like that. And it's really cool. And that's ministry and it's loving people. And so um, since I've been here, like these 10 months I've been here, I've baked more than like probably in the last five years combined like baked and cooked, <laughs> like no joke. It's like on an insane level. I'm always baking something. I'm always cooking something, always having people over. But that's been like such a really beautiful thing too. And like something I realized that like in the States, we just don't have to that level. Like the, the community mm -hmm. I have here is on a level I've never experienced. And I had a really good community in Houston. I had very close friends. I lived close-ish too. And we would do things together. We had weekly Bible studies and we would hang out. But like, just the level here because we all live on this campus and because hosting and making food is such a big part of the ministry, like the level of, I think, depth and the level of relationships has happened really quick. And this place is just so rich, I think, to love people. There is no shortage yeah. of ways to love people and to show people the heart of God and just to invite people into your home, um, especially students. And I find that like the most like heartwarming, the most, I think, intimate conversations happen around the table with food mm -hmm. or after dinner. Um, and that's where I just really seen people like open up and pour out their hearts. And that's been so beautiful too, just to have like really life-giving conversations in that way. That's awesome. And like, I love, I love seeing people, no matter where they are in life, getting into missions, but also, you know, in, in singleness, I think it's a great thing to be able to do. Cause it's, it's something it is easier to do when you are deciding on life for just yourself. You're not looking after a family, you know, Paul talks a lot about it. And so what was it that made you decide you're going to move forward with getting into missions and, and doing this and I don't want to say a trip because like two years is like more than just a trip. Like this, this is a, you know, going on, on this two year, two year mission in the, in the mission field. Yeah. So in Houston, I attended an amazing church and, um, the church, like well, the way that it was structured was that they have like normal service, but they also really encourage people to get into like life Bible studies that would happen either before or after service. And so I would mm -hmm. go to a life Bible study class, which was for singles, 25 to 35, uh, we'd go to that class. And then all our whole class, we would all go to service together. And then we go to lunch together. It was amazing. 
But cool. the class was taught by um, a guy who was a former missionary in Nepal. And so he would just talk about his experience and would talk about the mission field and talked about unreached people groups. And so from like 2018 ish, um, just the theme of our class was like missions and reaching people and how to share your story. And these were things I had never heard of before, like not to this level. And I grew up in the church. I had Christian parents. I grew up going to church. I went to a Christian college, but mm-hmm. um, just like learning about how like missions is not just like a job description. Like I really, I hesitate to call myself a missionary because I really believe all Christians are missionaries, like truly. Yeah. It is everyone's, all Christians' responsibility to share the gospel wherever you're at with people and to reach the the lost wherever you are. But like learning from him just like opened up my mind so much and like my heart just really started to break for people who don't know the love of Jesus, people who have never even had an opportunity to hear his name. And when I just think about like the hope that I have in my life and like the joy and the strength that God gives me literally every single day and there are people that don't have that, it's it's just heartbreaking and so i learned more about it i grew more of a heart for it and then in late 2020 he challenged our whole class to consider doing long-term missions and so before that i had never considered but i was like you know he's a pretty wise guy if he's saying i should consider it let me consider it so i started Mm -hmm. thinking about it started praying about it and then february 2021 i did an online google search missions opportunity for teachers And um, the school that I'm currently at popped up and I looked at it and I went to their staffing needs page and I saw that they needed a French teacher. And I was like, well, I do that. And here's an opportunity. So let me pursue this. So I just started looking more into it. And yeah, I got more information about the organization, more information about the school, about the role. And I just started learning about missions. I had nothing, like no clue about it before. No one in my family has done missions or anything like that. And so it was just a huge, like eye-opening learning opportunity. But that's really just how it started. I like explored this job opportunity and then started like following the steps and one thing led to another. And then suddenly I was taking the psychological tests and then I was going for trainings and then I started the support raising. And then it all just continued until last July, I got on a plane and I came here. That's awesome. So in that process, do you feel like you made a lot of small decisions or one big one? Like, what did that look like for you? Because I imagine you had a moment of getting on that plane and kind of maybe even being like, how did I get here? Or or, because I have those moments a lot where I'm like, (laughs) okay, this is happening. What did did that look like for you? And and kind of what did maybe God show you in those decision making process in that process of that? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it really was just like a bunch of little decisions. Like it was the decision of like Googling missions opportunities for teachers. And then there was like a little informational form on the website, like fill this out if you want more. So like I put in my name, my email address, I just filled it out, went to bed. And then someone from Africa Inland Mission contacted me and we set up a Zoom chat. And so it was like doing that Zoom chat. And then she explained like all of the steps that it would take for me to get to the school. And I was like, whoa, that sounds like a lot. But then, you know, the next step was just like filling out another longer form so they could learn more about me. And so I like filled out that form and then like had more meetings. And so it was just like, I really feel it was just one decision after another and like just being faithful. And then also like starting to put like feelers out to my family and friends like, hey, I'm exploring this opportunity. 
what does this sound like to you? Like, does it sound like something that I might be good at? And everybody in my life that like knew me well was very encouraging and said like, yes, it sounds like you, this sounds like an amazing opportunity, go ahead and pursue it. But like hearing all the steps at the beginning, like everything I needed to do, it was a lot. Um, and getting into the process, it was a lot. And I think that if I had known at the beginning, everything that it would have taken and all the time and the effort, you know, I don't know that I would have done it, to be honest, because it was a lot of time and effort. Um, and it was hard at some parts. But like, I was just, you know, just kind of following where God was leading and just put one foot in front of the other. And luckily, I had people to walk me through it, people from the organization, my family, my friends um, supporting me. But like, yeah, it wasn't just like, yes, I'm ready to commit my life and to move out of the country and let's do it. It was just like, okay, there's this opportunity, let me explore more. Mm -hmm. And then I just like went from there. And so I think like God definitely is so kind in that he hides things from us and like shields yeah. our <laughs> eyes and like does not reveal the end to us in the beginning um, because like there's just so much involved. And I think that sometimes it's like almost debilitating if, if we had to know everything that we needed to do to get from, from A to Z. But when we just, I think, are faithful in our decisions and are like faithful in our, our yeses and just saying like, God, like, here's this thing, do with it what you want. If you want it to end, let it end. If you want it to continue, I'm here, I'm your faithful servant. And then just, I think, being really prayerful about it as well. And then just like asking the Lord for confirmation. I asked him for confirmation a lot. And I feel like mm -hmm. he did confirm to me, like in my spirit, that it was the right thing. And then just also through like, talking with friends and family and like spiritual leaders about this opportunity, it also felt like the right thing. So I think that, you know, as we're making these decisions, we can get confirmation in different ways. And we can just know that like, if we feel like the Lord is leading, and if you have that confirmation, then just like keep going and trust that like, he'll, he'll take care of it. And like, if maybe let's say you start something and then it doesn't work out, well, he's still leading. Like even a no is God leading you somewhere. Um, and it's his redirection is kindness. So even if something doesn't actually have that, the end result that you want, God is still leading you through that. And he's still like showing you something in that. And he's still teaching you in that. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn from like making decisions and like just being faithful for, to him. That's awesome. That is cool. And what is your encouragement to people in their, in their singleness when it comes to considering missions? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, if you're single and you're considering missions, like I would really like strongly recommend that you at least like give it a good thing, like really think about it and consider mm -hmm. it. And I used to think that like a missionary, all they did was like move to like a remote village and like plant a church. Like I thought that was like the only thing that was available, but it turns mm -hmm. out that like literally every single job you can do on the mission field, like literally every single one from accountant to doctor, to teacher, to nurse, what, like whatever you do, there's a role for you in the mission field. And it may not be like, you know, working in like a small remote village, but maybe you're like living in a big urban city somewhere in the 1040 window and you're being a witness and you're doing your job, but like you're also like witnessing for Christ. Or maybe you are a pilot and you work with an organization that hires pilots um, and that flies people to go to small villages where people are unreached. Um, so I think that like, don't let a job maybe you're thinking like, oh, I don't have the skills stop you from getting on the mission field. And then also something that I thought for like literally up until like I joined my missions organization was that like all missionaries were like the perfect Christians 
or like just to a level that I could never like attain. And something that I've like learned is that like people on the mission field are like regular people. Sometimes they <laughs> yell at their kids. Sometimes they get mad. Sometimes they just want to like stay at home and watch TV all day. I mean, we're like regular people. And so it's not like you have to be a super Christian or anything. You just need to be faithful and like have a heart. But like we're all sinful, broken people. And it's just I think that, you know, thinking maybe like, oh, I don't have what it takes. Like I would say like if you are a follower of Christ and like if you're devoted to him and if you follow his teachings as best as you can and if you're submitted to his will, then like you absolutely have what it takes there is no such thing as a perfect Christian. It's just people who are willing to go. And of course it is a sacrifice. Like there are weddings I've missed. There are weddings I will mm -hmm. continue to miss, which is really sad. And there's times I miss my family and my friends. But then when I think about like everything that I've gained from coming here, like my life is so much richer, like so much richer to a level that like I could have never predicted in the States. And I just feel like God has shown me so much and has grown my faith and my heart for him and my heart for his people so much. And that would have never happened if I if I hadn't come here. And yeah. there was a time when like I was on the plane about to come when I was like, I'm ruining my life. What am I doing? I just <laughs> left my family and my job that I love and all my friends and my people and my whole life. And I'm going to this country I've never been to before. What am I doing? But like... I mean, it's, you know, there's, a, I don't know the exact scripture, but there's a part in the gospels where, where Jesus says like those who give up like things to follow him will receive additional benefits, you know, in the kingdom um, and maybe in this, in this life. And I think that that's so true. Like there are additional benefits and there are um, things to be gained, even though there are, of course, you know, losses from that experience. And also like, it doesn't have to last forever. Even if you come for like, a couple months or a year or a couple of years like I am, I think it can be like a really rewarding experience. So yeah, I just, all that to say, I really think that singles should consider it. There really is no easier time. You know, sometimes like I look at the different families on the campus with me and like some people mm -hmm. have like five kids and had to like sell their house and their dog and their car and like all this. And it's just like, whoa. And then there's so many you know, educational needs and different needs to think of for their kids. And I mean, people do it and it's amazing. And like, what a great example of faithfulness. But like, as somebody like that only needs to take care of myself, it's a lot easier right now for me yeah. to just pick up and move and to do it. And so like, this really is like the best time and the easiest time, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the mission field needs single Christians. The mission field needs people who are faithful and who are willing to just go and pursue him and and love people and so i would just say like yeah everyone should consider it. everyone should think about it now is is singleness something you'd say that you struggle with at all y yes oh absolutely okay. yes it's not easy yeah. <laughs> it's not easy and it's really, you know, it's really beautiful to look at the different families around me. Um, I would say, so there's like 120-ish staff members, and mm -hmm. there's maybe like 10 of us that are single. Everybody else is married. Wow. So I'm around a lot of married couples, which is very different from my life in Houston, where I was yeah. in a singles Bible class for five years, and all my friends were single, and, you know, I was just like in that whole single community. And now I'm mm -hmm. with a lot of married couples, and it's really beautiful to see couples like being on the mission field and like faithful together and like that's awesome but like also i long for that too like that's something that i really yeah. want as well um you know to be 
on the mission field serving the Lord or wherever with, with a husband, with kids. I think that's a really beautiful thing to do. And it can be very difficult, I think, like being yeah. single. You know, there are times like during vacation, families will go on vacation together. And it's, you know, I think, okay, like, like what am I going to do? Am I just going to like yeah. be alone here? Uh, even like on the weekends, families sometimes have like their family night and they have their game night. And like, that's cool. But then also... I'm just alone. Um, and so what a lot of families will do is like invite singles in, which I like appreciate so much and invite for dinner and like game nights and that kind of thing, which is great. But like still at the end of the day, it is just me. And that is hard. It was hard in Houston. It's hard here in Kenya. And so like, yeah, that is something that is difficult. And I think that, you know, what what's helpful in those difficult moments is just remembering that like, God has a plan for me and just remembering that like he is with me always and he's provided community for me. So like, yes, even though I live alone, I do have a community um, and living on a campus has its advantages. You know, there are literally people all around me that I can go talk to and do things with. And so that's been really great too. Um, but yeah, yeah, there are aspects of like being here that, that make it very challenging but still, like, even for all the challenges, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything. I still would have made the, the same decision to come. But yes, it has been very growing and very stretching. And I feel like all the time, like, with my single friends, we talk about, like, dating and marriage and, like, what does that look like? Because I think for a lot of my single friends here, even for myself, it was like, well, when I came on that plane, I kissed dating goodbye. I kissed marriage goodbye. <laughs> and it was just like one track mind for the Lord. And I've like really realized like it does not have to be that way. Um, you absolutely can date on the mission field and you can find a spouse. I've heard many stories. People told me stories before I came here trying to encourage mm -hmm. me like, oh, I know so-and-so. They met their boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> now husband on the mission field. So it happens. You can absolutely date people. You can absolutely come to the mission field wherever you are in the world and continue looking for a spouse. I mean, if you move to a remote place, it's going to be more difficult and you're probably going to have to do stuff online. But, you know, there are opportunities to meet people and it doesn't have to be like, OK, I'm going to go be a missionary. Goodbye marriage. Like that is something yeah. that you could still yeah. pursue if God has laid that on your heart. And I think in some ways it might even be, you know, easier looking on the mission field because you know if you find somebody, like you're going to be aligned with your mindset, like for missions. Um, because missions yeah. is not a desire on everybody's heart. But if you meet somebody on the mission field, then you both know, like, okay, we both have a heart for this. Um, and then maybe things can go from there. That's really good. I think one thing that came to mind when you were talking kind of with, in a sense, changing the way of thinking of, oh, if I go do this, if I go do missions, it doesn't mean that I'm I'm giving up, you know, dating and, and marriage and stuff. And I think one thing that struck me is, because I think in singleness, we can, this is something where people say, oh, if I do this, then I'm not going to find someone there. Or if I go here, I'm not going to find someone there. Mm -hmm. There's wherever God leads you, there is hope, right? And I think that's, it might, and if it's not in relationships or whatever it may be, like whatever you are hoping for, Wherever God's leading you, it he's not going to lead you away from those things. It, now, there might be, it might be, yeah, more, it might happen different. There might be, you know, like you said, remote, if you're in a remote village or something with online, you know, dating or something like that. But even God is capable of doing crazy things in those situations when yeah. you wouldn't think it would happen. And I think that's where God wants to get us most of the time. Mm -hmm. To a place where there's no way in our minds we're thinking there's no way something can happen and God's like just watch me mm -hmm. because 
what better way for us to live a life than to be in situations where only God can move and only God can show up and then he gets all the glory because the worst thing that can happen is if we do it ourselves and then we start making decisions and it works out and then we start believing in ourselves more than God and we start taking everything into our own hands. So that's one mm-hmm. thing that struck me when you were talking is this idea that wherever we are led, God is leading us towards a hopeful situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is hope in that. We're not going towards hopelessness. We're not going towards situations that are not going to be good for us or fill us up or mm-hmm. grow us. And I think with singleness, so often that is a mindset that can be kind of fallen into is, oh, well, now this is how my life's going to be or this is how this situation is going to be because that's at, at its core, that's a sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And there takes faith. It takes faith. It takes trust to have hope in those situations that God's mm-hmm. still there and he's still uh, working. But because I know in, in Romans, I think it's Romans four, when it talks about Abraham in a situation, it's like Abraham hoped when he had no reason to hope. And to me, that's always struck me. It's like, as Christians, there, we're going to be in situations that seem so hopeless. But with God, we always have that level of hope. And I, for me, that's something I've definitely seen in my own life. I can fall into a thinking pattern of, oh, this is the way it's going to be. And then that just changes. That's not a good thing to, in a sense, embrace. Because then you stop trusting or believing that God can do what he um, is able to do in your life. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was so good. That's so powerful. Um, and something I tell myself is we serve a big God. We yeah, serve yeah. a really big God who is able to do literally anything and is like always working behind the scenes and like always rearranging pieces. And so like as a single, you might think, okay, I'm like moving to this place. I'm going to the mission field. There's nobody there. But in the background, God is working on somebody else's heart to bring them and you have no idea. Um, Or maybe it's not a spouse. Maybe it's a really good friend or a connection. Mm -hmm. You just never know. But he works in such mad, like mysterious ways, big ways. And, you know, I think like what you're saying is right. Like when we're with God, it's never hopeless. We always have a reason to hope. Um, And he has good things in store for us. And I think when we continue to have faith and continue to have hope in him, we we can just know that something good is coming our way. And I think that that's something really sweet. I think about having faith is just knowing that like our God is for us and he has good things planned for us. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that faith is knowing that, you know, God may have somebody that he's preparing their heart and, you know, bringing them alongside you. But also there's a lot of faith. It it takes, I think, more faith to believe, you know what, like God might have an incredible plan for just me that is beyond anything that I could imagine. And it could be incredible, like beyond words, you know, like mm-hmm. how incredible is it to think that a life of singleness if God calls us towards that direction, has just infinite potential that God can do incredible things through that. And I think I think that level of doubt can often hold people back. It can hold people back from taking the steps of getting out of your comfort zone and, and going to Kenya for two years with that fear of, well, you know, I, I'm not going to meet anybody over there. I'm, I'm abandoning my singles group that I've been comfortably with that, 
There's been new members from time to time. That feels like my greatest opportunity. But, you know, I think it takes a lot of faith to to move forward and say, you know what, like, God could bring somebody in the midst of this, but I also believe that he's powerful enough to make my life incredible, mm-hmm. even if my life is extended or permanent singleness going in this direction. And, you know, do you feel like this has improved your life, like getting out of your comfort zone, getting to going out to Kenya? Is this something you think you might look at doing again in the future? Oh, absolutely. Like there's no going back now. Like I'm not (laughs) back on missions. Like, yes, I, yeah. Being here in Kenya has been an incredible experience and I would absolutely even maybe consider staying longer or consider doing something different in the future or coming back. I just don't know what that looks like yet. But yes, I would consider doing this again because I think it's just such a neat opportunity to go and experience something different. And like the ways I saw God move in my life before I came, like just incredible from like the selflessness of my friends who helped me pack up my entire apartment, came over for like Mm -hmm. almost every night for two weeks and just like helped me so selflessly. Um, And then the way that so many people like support me financially, like that's a huge gift and seeing God work through that. Like that was something I thought I could never do like support raise, but God helped Mm -hmm. me through it and he provided the people and like I'm here and like, that's really a miracle in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like, seeing the powerful ways that God has moved in my life and just like having deeper faith in him. Yes, it's it's worth it coming here. And I think that just going on like a different experience, going somewhere else, like that's only going to like, I think just I would have more experiences like that, more experiences where I would grow my faith, more experiences and more opportunities to trust in him. Um, mm-hmm. And something you're something I thought of when you were talking earlier about how we can have such a rich and full life as a single is something that someone here on campus said, and it really stuck with me. And she says, you know, what if the, the most beautiful, richest life God has for you is your life as a single Like, wouldn't you want that life if that's really what Mm -hmm. he has for you? And like, if that's where you're going to grow the closest to him and like, if that's where life is going to be the most beautiful. Um, And there's, you know, a lot of me that, you know, that wants that, you know, that wants that richest, you know, most beautiful life. Not going to lie. There's also part of me that wants the married life. I'm like, well, (laughs) I'll take the married life. But (laughs) I also want like the rich single life too. Um, If that's really what he has for you, that's going to be where he can work through me and grow me, um, then, then yes, I want that. Um, because that's really the whole point of life is to glorify God and to experience communion with him. And if he knows the best way for us to do that, then yes, I want to submit my life to him and submit to him in that way. Is is the thought of a life of singleness, is that something that is scary to you? Or is that something that used to be scary to you and and maybe that has changed since going to missions field like how has your perspectives shifted through that yeah so i think the it, more than it's scaring me i think it grieves me and i think like mm-hmm. what grieves me about it is like not having biological children that's something yeah. that i think i've i've wanted my whole life is mm-hmm. to be a mom and to have kids and to not yeah. have that experience, I think would be would be hard for me. Um, even like I'm 29 right now, so like turning 30 this year, and yeah. um, even like approaching like 30 years old and like still being single and seeing like so many of my college friends and high school friends like already like married off and like starting to have kids, you know, feels like I'm falling behind, and mm-hmm. and that's hard for me too. Uh, but I do think that like coming here, I've seen. 
I've seen several single people. Like I mentioned that there are about 10 single people here and, you know, of various ages and seeing them like live their lives, I think has given me a lot of like confidence and hope. And even in Houston, in the singles group that I was in, there were singles of all ages. And so when I like started attending my class, I was 23 years old and I was in class with people who were single and there were like 34 and 35. And at the time I was like, whoa, 35 years old and still single. Wow. But like now that's not so scary. And like, that, yeah. you know, I would see how, how they thrived and like they would open up their homes and host people and they would go out and do volunteering activities and just like pour into the word and pour into other people. And it's just an incredible, beautiful thing. And so, no, it's not as scary anymore. I think that, you know, just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be alone. I think there's a difference between like singleness and like loneliness and like being alone. And you yeah. can absolutely be single and you can still have like a very rich, full life. Uh, and you can still be um, involved with families and you can still um, have a ministry and you can still pour into people and you can still have a really good life. I think that's something I've realized too, is like, you can be single and you can have a good life. Like that doesn't mean you're going to have a bad life or a sad life or anything like that. Um, you can have an abundant full life um, with Christ and with other people as a single person. And so um, I just want to encourage anybody who's single, who's maybe like listening to this and feeling like, oh, my life is sad or my life isn't going the way I thought. God absolutely has good things for you in singleness. And mm -hmm. I think that you can definitely still be used and can experience a lot of joy, a lot of joy in your single season for however absolutely. long it lasts. Yeah. And, and I can certainly resonate and, and fully understand that desire to, to be married and have biological children. Uh, it's, it is a beautiful thing. I, I don't do this podcast as a, you know, this should be your pursuit in life. You know, the ultimate pursuit should be God. And in the journey of singleness, we should honor him for it and fully explore what he has for us in it. And, and, and I like how you said that just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be alone. You know, community is so important. It sounds like you're so great at finding community. You found a great community in Houston. You have great community in the mission field. And that's very important, you know, uh, emphasizing your point of just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be alone. There's people that can go through life with you. And it's, it's, a, and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing to be able to have that. And, you know, as, as wonderful, beautiful marriage is and, and fatherhood, being a parent, like, like those are incredible things. And if God has it on your heart, continue to pray for it, but seek him first. And that's like the, the, the biggest challenge is, is chasing after what he has for us in front of what we want for ourselves. I mean, if it wasn't for the way he altered my heart, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, but I'm so beyond grateful that God had, had altered my heart and that I can, be here to encourage people in their singleness because because i still i still pray for for my friends i still pray for people uh in their singleness i pray that you know god can answer their prayer but i also pray that they can be encouraged in in the road that they're traveling on and that they can fully experience what god has for them because because a lot of times that can be overlooked and it's sad because you know just think of of the idea that if you stayed in houston thinking, well, this is where I'd meet somebody. I'm not going to meet anybody in the missions field. If if you left because of those doubts and fears, you know, 
does that sadden you of, of what you'd be missing out on right now? Yeah, it does. Like just thinking about the people that I've met and the experiences I've had, like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, honestly, I wouldn't. This experience has just been incredible. And you know, I'm going to be honest in that Mm -hmm. singles class I was in for five years, not a single person asked me out. And this was a huge, like mega church that I attended. And there were probably like 400 singles in the young singles whole department. The class I attended was like one of like 13 singles classes. So with all Mm. these like single people around with hundreds of single people, nobody asked me out at this church. And in the 10 months I've been here, I've dated more than in the last like three or four years. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Slam dunk. It's true. (laughs) Um, So it is, you know, it is really interesting to like consider like you think, oh, I'm giving up so much, but like you really don't know what God has for you. You don't know how he's going to move. And so just be faithful, follow him, and then he'll surprise you in all kinds of ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One one reel of of yours that I saw uh, recently, you mentioned about about being proactive and now now how do you how do you view it as far as who should make the first move and what that should look like yeah, i'm okay, curious because so... I, I i think from from what i saw it looks like we agree i would just like to hear it in your words and then we can we can go from there i think it's important as a woman for me to let a man like pursue and I think mm-hmm. that, that that's natural. And that's the, for, in my opinion, that's like God's design. Yeah. I think that in terms of like giving hints and stuff, it is okay for a girl to do that, like to drop hints mm-hmm. and like to lead the guy on, um, which is like how I did like my first little dating experience here. Okay. Um, yeah. I like dropped a hint to the guy and then he like <laughs> asked me to go to coffee and then we like went and dated. And so I think that that is okay, like to show mm-hmm. interest because I think it is sometimes very nerve wracking for guys when they think like, am I going to take a leap here? Does she like me? Does she not like me? But if you like say something or act in a way that like shows him that you are interested, then I think it like makes the guy feel more comfortable to then approach you, to then ask you on a date. Um, Whereas like if there's no interest shown, then like he might not even know and he may not even do anything because I know some guys just won't take that risk. Um, So I think that like showing interest in like in ways that are appropriate, I think is good. But absolutely, I think a man should like lead and pursue through a relationship. And that's like that's a good thing that I want. Yeah. At least yeah. I, really I, I agree 100 percent. I I feel men need to they do need to get out of their comfort zone and be the ones to pursue. It, girls need to feel valued. They have to feel mm-hmm. wanted. And, you know, a lot of the way that God designed men and how he designed women, that it, it complements his design on on that. And and I like to say, and people have heard me on the podcast say this many times, guys should pursue, but girls should totally lay traps. You know, mm-hmm. allow them to realize that there's there's interest there, a door's open, but then if if there's not a pursuit there, it's not a feel of in your face rejection. You know, because if you mm-hmm. say, hey, let's let's go get coffee sometime, and a guy says no, or like or vice versa. So like a girl's gonna take that a lot harder than what a guy would. Mm-hmm. And so and that's where it's it's important. You know, we need to protect the emotions that women have. Um, you know, I feel God designed men to not be as emotional. We're all built with emotions, and that's important. But men are designed not to be quite as emotional and mm-hmm. be the strong leader, you know, in a marriage when, when things are tough. Like they need to be strong and, and allow, 
emotional things to pour out and and guide the family and and let them feel like there's there's some strength within us you know so but you know absolutely right you know say hello you know i i don't i don't want girls to be under the impression that just by saying hi is making the first move and they're scared of of the idea they're told not to make the first move you know because mm-hmm. i don't think that counts i think just just laying traps make friends get to know people mm-hmm. you know that's I, I think it's an excellent way to just allow people to know like hey you know i'm here hey my name's Rachel. Mm-hmm. How's it going? And it's and it's awesome. Like I think it's so funny. Like you talk about coming from a large church, large singles group, and then just having more experience in dating on the missions field. Like that is that's cool. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah. And like honestly, when I left Houston single, I was so sad. Like mm-hmm devastated that I was going to the mission field single and like I didn't have a spouse I didn't have a husband and during those five years at the church um, when I wasn't getting asked out and I had friends who were getting asked out left and right like that was really hard too and just like so difficult like there are all these guys around me like I'm friends with so many people I'm like doing things like what's happening but I was actually just thinking today like if I had gotten into a relationship in Houston and like gotten married I probably wouldn't be here today So I think, you know, that's just God's providence and direction in his life that nothing did happen and his protection. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, in the moment it was hard and it was difficult, but like he was, he had something better for me in store and he was really protecting me and like leading me here. And so in that way, I'm like really thankful. And, and yeah, I agree with everything that you just said and how, you know, girls can, can be active and can, can get to know guys and can have friends. And it's not like every hello you saying, every hello that you say is like, oh, like, I'm interested. Let's go on a date. Like you can just like be friendly and like get to know people. And uh, at least for me, like in Houston, that was never taken as like an interest. Nobody asked me out and I had lots of guy friends. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, just doing things beyond that, you know, is how you show interest and, you know, spending time with somebody intentionally asking them questions, doing that kind of thing. But, you know, I just, I think it is so funny. I think, you know, God definitely has a sense of humor and um, the fact that I was with hundreds of people and then I like moved to this like small village and like that, that this is where it happens. Um. <laughs> That's cool. And has there been anything else on your heart that you were hoping to have a chance to talk about while you're with us on the podcast here? It's amazing how quick this time goes. It really is. Yeah. Oh, I feel like those were like all the big things that like I really wanted to cover, like um, being single on the mission field and then hospitality. I think I'm just going to circle back to that briefly. I really think that that's huge, like opening up your space and like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a big space if you live in a small apartment that's perfect that's fine if your house is messy or your apartment isn't decorated the right way like it's okay uh what i found that is just people appreciate being invited into somebody's space like people don't care what it looks like you know maybe they're judging but most people don't and they just yeah. love the fact that like somebody has taken the time to like to see them. i think when you when you invite somebody into your space you're saying like I see you and I want you to be with me. And that yeah. invitation, I think, really speaks to people's hearts. And um, that's, I think, just a really great way like, to minister to people and to open the door for like, deep heart conversations about the Lord or about anything else. And so I really think that like all people, um, but particularly singles who I think need community and need people you know, around them in this single season should just be like... Just 
very, very hospitable, I think, um, whether it's like to friends or getting to know people um, or Bible study or whatever. I think just like opening up your doors and like having people at home is such a beautiful thing, such a God honoring thing. And I think, you know, also if we consider that like all Christians are missionaries and all Christians are called to share the gospel, like what a better way than to invite a non-believing friend into your home and to share a meal and just let the conversation go wherever it goes. And like, yeah. maybe it goes to, to Christ things or maybe it doesn't, but that person is going to see like, wow, this person has a kind heart. This person invited me in. And even if you don't say a single word about the gospel, your life is displaying the gospel. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. And so um, I would also encourage people who are single and watching this just to, to open up your home, even if it's not perfect, and to have people over and to invite conversations. And it's just like such a beautiful way to add to your life, but then also just such a beautiful way to love other people. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. So Rachel, it has been so awesome having you on the podcast. I would love to hear if you have a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart lately. Yes. So I have been doing a, a book study through Romans with a group of ladies here. All right. And right now we're in Romans 3. And so Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, it's just a, a beautiful verse, a humbling verse. And to, yeah. to realize that I fall under that all and I have sinned. <laughs> I think sometimes like I know I have a tendency to think like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. Like I pray, like I try to love people, like I'm good, but like, no, I'm, I'm sinful. And every part of me is sinful. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm saved. And it's, you know, by faith in him alone. And just realizing that and like preaching that to myself, I think daily and remembering that you know, keeps me dependent on God, keeps me dependent on Christ and keeps my eyes focused on him. So that's just something I've been thinking about in my heart, just like the depravity yeah. of man and then of like myself personally and um, just my need for a savior, uh, my need mm -hmm. for the gospel, my need for Jesus each and every single minute of every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That verse is, is the first part of what I like to call the four fours. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. Mm -hmm. And for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then in, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so like it, it like just those four verses, all starting with the with the word for, mm -hmm. just, just walks through the gospel. And that's the, the important part is recognizing like we are, we are sinners. Like for all have sinned, we all fall short uh, of God. But then, you know, it, it wraps it up how, you know, we don't deserve what God did for us. And, you know, it's all by grace. And so that nobody can boast about the things that we did on this earth. Like nobody goes into heaven being able to pat themselves on the back because it's nothing that we did that got us, got us there. So that's, that's mm -hmm. an incredible part. So, uh, you know, how can people find you in, uh, like on your Instagram as well as maybe even, you know, contribute to your, to your missions? Yeah, so uh, my Insta handle is at lifewithrach, R-A-C-H underscore K. That's where y'all can find me. And so if you are interested in contributing to my missions, like, wow, what a blessing. I'm honored. I can definitely like forward you the link to my support page um, okay. individually. Uh, it's just too long to explain here. But yeah. yes, I have a support page. And if you want to support my mission work, I would be honored. But Find me on Insta. I love talking to people, love meeting new people, and you know, just love sharing my faith and talking about what God has done in my life. So 
feel free to ask me any questions on Instagram, get to, you know, get to know me. And yeah, I, I love Instagram. I love social media and the fact that it's such a great connection point for people. And yeah. then also it's just like a vehicle, like to share the gospel mm-hmm. over 1 billion people on Instagram. And like, you can talk about things of faith and it's going to go all over the world. Like I was looking at where some of my followers come from. I'm like, some of them come from like Indonesia, like 8% or something. Wow. And I was like, Whoa, that's like people in Indonesia are like listening to me. <laughs> and like, following what I have to say. That's incredible. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I think Instagram is amazing. Find me on there. Talk to me on there. I'd love to chat. Awesome. Do you have uh, a a link on your footnotes in Instagram on where people can give? I don't, but I can add one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like that's like an easy way people can like find and like, okay, like I want to support you there. But yeah, definitely still, still forward me the link. But otherwise, how can we be praying for you? Well, I think prayers for um, just my continued steadfastness in the Lord and my obedience to him. This, So we're in term three. We're in the end of the school year. Uh, my school is on the trimester system. So mm-hmm. I know like schools in the U.S. are wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. We have like eight weeks to go. So oh, wow. we still, yeah, we finish in, we finish in mid-July. And so we still have a bit of the school year left to get through. And, you know, it is the end. And so I think we're all like looking forward to, um, we have a six-week break. Every three months, we have about a month and a half off. So we'll have a six-week break from July until end of August. And so I think we're all looking forward to that time. Um, but we got a little ways to go until we get there. So I think just prayers for the rest of the school year, um, for teachers and for staff. And just that I would be a light um, to the students here, to the other staff members, and that I would love people well. That's my whole aim. That's why I came here, because I wanted to love on students and disciple students and, of course, love my coworkers. And so um, just prayers that I would be able to do that effectively and be able to, to have God's eyes to see who is hurting, who needs encouragement, and to be able to love those people. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Thank you for following the Lord and just getting in the missions field and and getting out there to share the gospel. Like I really, really love everything you've got going on there. Thank you all so much for having me. This has just been such an incredible time. I love your ministry. I love your podcast and your heart for single people and just the fact thank that like, this is a platform where I can you know come on and other people can come on and mm-hmm. share freely their experiences and it all points to Christ. So thank you all for doing what y'all are doing. Awesome. Great yeah, glad you. to be here. So everybody out there, be sure to like, subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you feel it could be encouraged by it. We really appreciate you letting us know that you're you're following and, and paying attention. We really appreciate each and every one of you. So uh, we're praying for you. We're rooting for you. Be sure to get out there and seize the day. Maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.